Welcome, everyone, to a Mexican and a redneck follow the world. We are your hosts and surrogate fathers, Juan and Ben. Today, we'll be discussing bearing the burden of fatherhood in secret. All right, Ben. We're going to lay it out. Fatherhood. 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 All right. We so, bearing the burden of, being, of fatherhood in secret. I think this is going to be a big topic because this is something that we've kind of experienced in the last year as far as doing the podcast and understanding this. And there's some really key points that we've kind of discovered. They're like, wow, we need to talk about these because yeah. we don't really talk about it. And then even from my personal experience, it's like nobody ever really warns you about this. and Or they do, but you don't really understand it until you go through it. And like the big one, I think, is going to be loneliness. Just how men out there can be going through the process of being a father, but you just feel utterly alone. Well, you're not alone. There's at least two guys in the shed recording a podcast about being dads who feel just the way that you do. And we're trying to convey that and express ourselves to, as far as like, yeah, I got you, man. It's it's tough. Like being a good dad is tough. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, it, it can be lonely. That's that's the thing, you know, and, and and I have friends, I have support systems, you know, I have people I talk to, but there you can sometimes feel like any stage in life that oh, it's lonely. I'm the only one who feels this way. And oftentimes with men, we we're not good about talking about our feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, we do not excel in that. Like, I, I don't know of a time when guy came over just to cry and talk about his feelings, you know. It doesn't happen. And, and, and not only do we not talk about what's currently bothering us that much, we really don't like to talk about what happened to us in the past and all this past hurts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. Like, I mean, that's something that I've had to deal with. Like, it's in the past. What's the point of it? Right. Let it stay back there. Let's just move on. But it's it like, happened. Deal with it. You, but by not addressing it, a lot, of, a lot of the times, majority of the time, we are still carrying that past. We may still be carrying that hurt, that um, that wound, and we don't realize it because it's like, oh, you, hey, you have a you have a knife stuck in the back of you. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's in the past. Just leave it alone. Don't touch it. What, the blood's dried around it. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. why it's already cauterized. I'm good. <laughs> it's just there. Leave it alone. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, but then when it gets removed, it's like, why'd you remove that? <laughs> it was fine where it was. Now I'm bleeding. Put it back. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it can be that drastic. So, well, well, you know, I think, I think there was a, it was a show I watched with my kids. It's also a book, but it's called Pilgrim's Progress, and it gives the imagery of this guy carrying all these burdens on his back, and he's basically got this great big like hiking backpack thing that's full of just stuff, and it's weighing him down, and he's on this journey through life, and at one point he's finally able to. Um, put down his burdens and move forward. And and he takes off the backpack. And he's like, oh, I can stand up now. I can breathe better. I can climb these hills quickly, you know. And and, and that's kind of what we're talking about is, you know, we got stuff in our past. And, and yeah, you need to find uh, a one, you know, someone you can talk to in private when you have a problem. Like get you a good friend, a best friend, you know, or or dare I say a spouse, you know, or a parent. He's not, he's not talking about us. We're not, we we're have, not spouses. We have our own individual spouses. Right. 
right. we're, we're taking. We're we're the friend part. <laughs> but but you know, find someone you can talk to, a counselor, a minister, a, a something, you know, and and unload those burdens from the past because I remember for example, there was, here's a burden example because I really want y'all to understand what we're talking about. When I first got married, my wife had a great career, I had a career. Um, she had, we, we bought a house about six months after we got married. So she had the car, the house, the husband, what comes next? The kids naturally, that's right, her baby. next step mm-hmm. in her mid twenties. And so she's like, Hey, I want a kid. I want a kid. I'm like, Oh, I'm not ready. Oh, I'm not ready. Oh, not yet. So, you know, another six months pass. Hey, I want a kid. And so then a year's passed. Oh, I want a kid. Two years passed. Finally, she's just like. Why don't you want to have kids with me? I mean, what, you know, she's thinking, is there something wrong with me? And it's like, no, it has nothing to do with you at all. I told her this. I just broke down and like, okay, I got to pull that knife out, put down that pack. And I told her, I didn't have a good father figure growing up. I didn't know what a married couple looked like with kids growing up. You know, after a certain age, you know, my parents split when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, well, what does that look like? Will I be a good father? And and I had to tell her, you know, I have a fear of being a terrible father because I didn't have a good one growing up. You know, mm-hmm. I had to tell her I had to take that burden and show it to her. And she goes, oh, that's your problem. I'm like, yeah. That's my problem. That's my fear. Because what if I am a terrible father and then my kid basically has to endure all the suffering that I endured, all the confusion, all the pain. And then I've just completely redone this cycle. Even if I figure it out by the time the kid's grown up, what good is it then? You know, the kid's already suffered. The process has repeated itself. And now the burden's on my kid to break that cycle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, like with me, it wasn't necessarily the the fear of not having kids. Like I wanted to have kids. I was like, oh, I was excited to have kids. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have kids. But then I realized, you know, for me, the thing that I was carrying from the past was that I was so anxious to have kids, not necessarily to because I because I knew I was going to be a better dad than my dad. And I was just I was I was going to prove him wrong you know, or, or prove myself right. Um, but it's like going through that process, you know, and it's, it's sometimes you don't even, you don't even realize what you're carrying. You don't even know the pains you're hurting. And a lot of times, especially with, you know, as, as you get married, the, your spouse tends to point out the obvious, which can <laughs> sometimes is not obvious to us. And it's like, Hey, you're keeping something secret. I'm like, no, I'm not. Well then tell, talk to me about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. Then you're keeping something secret. <laughs> well, there's nothing to talk about. Well, why is there nothing to talk? Well, what's what's wrong with talking about it? Like, look, just just drop it. Let's just move on and then forget about it. Okay, there's nothing to talk about. But it's like you just. I'm fine. Don't I look yes. fine? I'm fine. <laughs> look how fine I am. There's nothing <laughs> wrong here. And uh, but you get in that state of mind to where you're like, you are justifying yourself. You are justifying your hurt, and then. 
you can even get into the point. We we kind of discussed this a little bit about this. I'm mean, a lot of like I've no I've done this, where I justify my actions based on like I'm gonna do the things that I need to do. So then when she does something wrong, I can be I can point it to her like, look, I did the right things. It's obviously you are the one that's not doing the right things. And it's but it's there's so much there's so much stuff that we carry as men, and you know the vulnerable part. That's the hard part. Because we, we were just not taught to do that. I mean, how many times did you as a kid grow up like, hey, boys don't cry. Men don't cry. It's like, it's like, why not? Why don't you why don't men cry? You get hurt in baseball or something, sports, and they're like, suck it up. Walk it off. Walk it off. Come on. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> you know, and there is a time and place for that to walk it off. Sure. If you're in a battle, you need to walk it off. It's not time to talk about your feelings. But in a household, in a marriage, you know, your feelings must be present and they must be whole and available because as much as your family requires and needs your financial sustenance or your, you know, your protection, they need that emotional vulnerability to be present. They need you there. They need to be able to come to you and know that like I can talk to him and I know he's going to tell me the truth. I know he's going to, when he says, hey, everything's going to be okay, it's not simply because you're saying everything's going to be okay. Just trust me blindly is because you've explained this is the situation we're in. This is how we're going to get out of it. They are part of that journey. This is something that I've had to learn myself in a, in a hard way. I've had to get a slap across the face with a two-by-four, not a physical two-by-four, but a spiritual two-by-four. I'd be like, hey, you are trying to protect them from your mistakes. But then you're getting angry because they realize, hey, you made a mistake and you're just trying to cover it up. Cause I'm trying to live, I'm trying to live in secret. I have this fatherhood mentality of like, yeah, hey, I gotta be a good dad, I gotta be a good provider, I gotta be a good dis, I gotta be a good whatever. But then when you make a mistake and say, Hey, you know what, I really messed up right here. I need your help in fixing it, you try to fix it on your own so that you don't get caught. And then that's that. I mean, from personal experience, that's never a good. That's never a good thing. Well, and there's there's a part of your life when you're doing that, where your wife and your kids are not a part of that life, and then you're away at work, and then your wife and your kids are not a part of that life, yeah. and then you start developing this pattern of, okay, more of my life is spent away from my wife and kids which is the exact opposite of what they need. Yeah, it's important to go to work. I understand that. But when every part of your life starts getting closed off and you're just leaving these small windows for your family, it shouldn't be a surprise when it starts turning to chaos when you get home. You know, Ben, the, and I don't know if it's just a, if, if this is just an American thing as far as like the family structure of the family unit, but I, I really believe that this is part of the attack that's being placed on the family unit. As far as for men, we are raised in this society to where if you work, you, you work outside the home, typically. You know, it's always outside the home. You might be at work, and you might be a great problem solver. And at work, people look at you, and they just trust you because you're going to fix a problem. You make a mistake, oh, he's going to take care of it. No questions asked. But there's the, that connection, that vulnerability, that emotional connection is not really necessary at work because... Hey, we're paying you to get this job done. I just, I just need you to get done. 
I don't want to, I don't care what you're feeling, what you're going through, just fix it. So then a lot of the times we try to emulate that at home. Like, look, I'm going to get it fixed. Just trust me. But you cannot apply workplace scenarios in your home. The home, it's, is designed for connection, is designed for heart-to-heart connection. And that yes. heart-to-heart connection has to be present. The purpose of you going to work, the purpose of you going to doing a job is so that you can have the needs necessary to be able to provide that heart-to-heart connection at home. So if you're in a job where too much of your heart is being taken away, you got to ask yourself, what am I really working for? Am I working for the stuff so that my kids can have the stuff? Because we going back to that episode of toys. You know, are you, are you, are you just buying in the toys because you're trying to fill that gap that you haven't been able to fill the years because you haven't been present? You've been there. You've been, you've been present physically, but emotionally you've been completely gone. Anyways, I'm starting to go on a rant, but that's literally all podcasts are just rants. <laughs> it's just a bunch of rants compiled to a theme. It's that's all we're doing here. So rant on. <laughs> I liked it, but it, it, you know, it's that loneliness and isolation. This is something that I'm realizing that my wife and I were going through a very, very interesting situation where her and I, we've come to this point and realized that the most important thing in our life is her and I and our kids. Not the stuff, not the things. The things will come and go. But our relationship, we only get one shot. There's no do-overs. When the day is spent, the day is spent. There's no going back. And it's really, really funny because we're trying to explain this to our kids. They're starting to get to the age where they're, they're trying to kind of comprehend time. It's like, how long is this two, how long is two hours? Well, an hour is an hour. It's, you know, you can try to explain. It's like 60 minutes, 60 seconds. And, you know, it's like, but, you know, it, it's, I'm realizing this, man, that my time that I have on this earth, I don't know what, how long it's going to be. I hope that it's a long time, but how I spend my time is the most important thing. Am I spending it with my family? And is my am I spending it by myself? Am I so consumed with the problems that I've developed, with the hurts, with the past, so unwilling to go back there and deal with those issues that I choose to live a lonely life? Because I've had this conversation with my wife, and it's like, well, you don't look. I'm doing all this for you, and she's like, well, I didn't ask for it. I asked for you. Right. She doesn't want the big house necessarily. She doesn't want all the cars, the eating out regularly and all that. She would gladly trade that for a spectacular journey with you. Yeah. You know, like you said, safety and food, that's important stuff. But at some point, they want that journey. They want you. They want to know you as intimately as two people can know each other. Have you ever had a meal with somebody you don't want to be with? Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. You're just sitting there. I remember I went out on this date years ago and it was, you know, it was, it was this date where right up from the get go, I was like, I said, I would go, I would say, I said, I would take you out. I'm going to take you out. And you're just going through the motions. You know, you order the meal and we went to a nice restaurant. The food was good, but the time spent with that person was rough. 
But then, do you ever spend that time with the person you want to be with, but you don't have any money? So then you're like trying to do it on the on the cheap, and you take it to Costco and get her a dollar fifty hot dog, but it's the best time ever, because you were with somebody that you truly wanted to be with, and that dollar fifty hot dog was like probably one of the best best investments you've ever made. Yes, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Because the passion was there, the romance was there, the adventure, the creativity, and the difference was you were putting in the effort. You were you were saying, Okay, I've got a dollar fifty to spend on her. What in the world do I do? I I I took uh Krista on a picnic one time because I was really broke. And I went <laughs> went to my mom's house and made some sandwiches. And I think I went and bought like a bag of chips and a couple of Cokes or something. I mean, it was it was a pretty low budget meal. And then I took her up to the mountain because we live in a mountainous area. And I had a blanket with me and I carried a backpack and we just walked up to the mountain and threw a blanket down and backpacked. And that was like this super romantic gesture and won me all these points. And it's like, I am absolutely broke. I can't afford to take you anywhere today, but it worked out, you know, like we ended up getting married, but that's, that's exactly, that's like the best example. That's yeah. Well, that's cool. That's cool. I'm glad I'm not the only one that actually has done stuff like that, you know, but <laughs> yeah, I've been broke too, <laughs> but you know, it's, um, your family doesn't, you made this comment about as far as your family not caring when you're stressed, when they know what you're going through. But when they don't know what you're going through, you just come off as a jerk. You know? Yeah. And it's like, uh, I'm thinking about this, and it's like, family is so important. And as as fathers, you know, we want to be that present father. We want to be that dad that's always there the dad that always has the answers that you know it's like oh when your son or daughter comes to you he's like hey daddy can you fix it you just want to be able to say like yes i can fix it but then when you when you know you don't have the answers and you're like oh well you know i one thing that i've learned and the one one of the many things that i've learned is you can only fake it till you make it for so long before they're going to catch on and realize oh daddy doesn't really know but if you start off right off the bat, you know, hey, you know what? I don't I don't really know how to do that, but we can figure it out together. You've you've turned that situation around from where they see you as, oh, daddy's just trying to please me or trying to fix it, but he doesn't really know. To, oh wow, daddy wants to go on a journey of learning something new with me. And it becomes this journey of like, oh wow, we did this together. We figured out how to do it together. And I think that's more powerful. Yeah, yeah, man. That's that's you're just you're just saying all the right stuff. Now I'm gonna be quiet because <laughs> I mean it's it's the difference between, like we said, the burden of carrying the backpack for everybody. You're carrying all the stress, the weight, and then you're sitting there going, I'm not feeling appreciated. I do all this for you. And and no one's appreciating me. And I'm just stressed out trying to do all this for you. And everyone just thinks I'm a big jerk and I'm a dummy or something. And it's like, well, they want the journey. They don't want you to carry the burdens. Why would you take the burdens from them? Go on a journey with them to show them how to carry their own burdens. 
to 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 deal with their own stuff. That's it. It's the difference between doing it all and thinking, you know, I'm going to do it all. And it's it's not enough because just like you're saying at the end of the day, it's the journey. It's the journey of just go with them. Deal with that hard thing together. Talk about that difficult situation. Tell them why you are the way that you are. You know, if you're stressed at work, say, look, I'm just I'm at a new job or I'm dealing with a new project. It's really stressful or whatever, you know, and and I go, oh, okay. or I'm really sad because this thing happened and and I'm just not my usual self. And they'll go, oh, okay. well, we'll be patient with you. We'll work with you. You're not a jerk. You're just dealing with the thing the same way I deal with things. And that buys you grace, you know, in your hard times. Yeah. Yeah, that you're absolutely right about that. Because, you know, one thing I'll say, too, Ben, as far as with all this, there's nothing worse than being alone when you're surrounded by people. Well, that's a lonely feeling. There's nothing worse than being being alone when you're surrounded by people, when you're surrounded by people that love you. And a lot of guys, we do that to ourselves. Oh, yeah. We're surrounded by our kids who love us, who just want to be with us. Mm-hmm. But because of all these secret um, emotions that we might hiding the secret, the burdens that we're carrying, the oh, it's just going to be fine, but you're not actually talking about the issues. You isolate and you start building up walls. You start building up barriers to where that connection is no longer present or able to be there. And then so when you might be surrounded by people that love you, but you're completely alone because in your mind you know. You're com- you're you're not allowing yourself to be vulnerable to them. You might be saying to yourself, "Well, if they knew what, if they really knew what's going on, they would want to be with me. If they really knew how bad things are, they they wouldn't want to be with me." But in reality, is and this is something my wife uh, told me, and I really really appreciate her. Just you know, when her, she's like, she told me she's like, "I married you for the good and the bad." And I'm paraphrasing kind of the conversation, but you know, that's a lot of the times we look, we just want to live in the good. And maybe it's part of our society that's trained us to be creature, creature comfort seekers, you know, it's like, oh, you know, if there's pain, run away from it. You know, if there's, if it's irritating, you know, run away from it. You know, you don't want to, you don't want any pain. You want to, you know, avoid all, do whatever it takes to avoid pain. But sometimes you have to go through that pain together and when you try to protect other people from the pain we only make it worse i don't you know i don't even are we talking about the actual no you're you're you're, i'm 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 tracking with you though because it's sharing that burden Mm -hmm. bad stuff's gonna happen that's that's a promise i can promise you that if nothing else good stuff will happen too but so will bad stuff you know i think and then uh, one of the things I always remind myself, Ben, and I don't know if you think about it like this. I, I told this to my oldest. Before you, I was never a dad. I'm, I'm, I've only been. She's six years old, so I've only been a dad for six years. Six years. I'm still trying to get the hang of this, you know. And yeah. it's like you said, it's it's a that's another funny thought. But they 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 want that. They they want to grow too. That's that's the whole thing of this is men. We tend to want to rescue. We tend to want to. And I think it's in us to want to be the provider, the protector, the you just you you just stay here, 
in the house that I built for you, and I will go out and take care of you. And it feels good to take care of your wife and your kids. But at the same time, they're people too. They want that journey too. And if you're going on all the journey without them and just leaving them to figure out their own journeys, well, it shouldn't be a surprise when they start figuring them out without you. And when you don't like the journey they've figured out, now you're all men getting a huff and a puff. It's like, well, what? they want a journey. They wanted a journey with you. You know, a woman married you because she wants you, like you said. Like, that's what women want. They want to go on a journey with that man. And and children will follow you until you give them a reason not to follow you or until they grow up and start their own journey. But when they're little, you know, in, in, in some teenage years, until they start their own path, they, they want to be a part of your journey. They want to learn from you. You you are their biggest advocate. You are their, you know, you, you should be their rock. And it's so funny by hiding our feelings, we think we're protecting our families. And, and I don't think that's the way it should be. I, I agree with you very much that home should be where you're opening up. Home should be where you're discussing problems and issues and things you're dealing with. So when your kids, you know, fast forward 30 years later and they're the same age you are today, they know how to think and process through a situation and they don't have to go, maybe I'm making the bad decision or maybe I'm doing this wrong. No, I I know I'm doing it right Mm -hmm. because by watching you process, by seeing your adult situations as a child, you're fast tracking them, you know, they're, they're training with a pro, you know, so to speak. And that's what it is. When you and your wife are opening up at home, you're letting your kids train with pros and they're not having to quote unquote, just figure it out for years and years and years until they become a pro. You know, that's the big thing too, as far as like, cause they're all going <coughs> to, our kids are going to be facing the same or similar situations as we are right now. And then when you try to shelter them or protect them from the situation, when they're presented with that situation, they don't have a reference point to go back to. It's like, how did my dad handle this? How did my mom handle this? And you may handle it completely wrong and be like, well, I'm not doing that. But at least they have a reference point to be able to look back at that. You know, um, one of the the things that it reminds me, you know, one of the top uh, uh, points that you want to discuss about as far as going on the journey, how women want to be part of the journey. And I had this image as far as like, uh, fairy tale stories you know you got the prince it's like you know wants to rescue the princess and then they ride off into the sunset and the story always ends after the the prince and the princess right enough into the sunset and they lived happily ever after because nobody ever talked about the next day once they like you know the the prince he, he fulfilled his duty he rescued the he rescued the princess and you, you mentioned something as far as like how all of us men have that burning desire inside of us. When I first met my wife, I wanted to rescue her. I wanted to take her on a journey. I wanted to, oh, ride into the sunset with her. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, and it's like, yeah. And then you start riding into the sunset. You wake up the next day and she has bad breath and her makeup's all messed up. And you're like, wait, what's going on? What, 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 what are these? What, why, why are you asking me questions? No, <laughs> no, we're riding. You don't need to talk. You know, like, no, what do you, what do you mean? I don't, I don't need to talk about my childhood. Don't worry about what happened to me in my childhood. I rescue you. I rescue you, you princess, you know? <laughs> and it's like that, that process is like nobody, nobody really, 
you know, nobody really talks about is like the the day after. Like, what happens the day after once you rescue the princess? Right. Because you know, happily ever after, and then they lived happily ever after. It's like that's where it starts for a lot of people. That's the that's <laughs> the starting point. You know, those the, last you, few words are actually a big chunk of life. Yeah, and then then they deal with the actual issues of life. You know, yeah. it's like no, it's like like it was like. First of all, like, what caused you to get trapped, you know, as a princess? What happened? Why were you, you know, like, so anyways, that's a whole another conversation that we may have to go into. But, you know, going going back into the, the journey, man, it's like um, when you do something right, you're like, hey, I did this right. So I'm just going to continue to rescue her, continue to rescue her. And then you try to rescue her from yourself by not telling her your problems. But like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just protecting you. But in reality, you're not. You promised her a journey, but then you're denying the journey from her because you're hurting or you did something stupid that's going to cause pain and you don't want to deal with the pain because you did something stupid because we're guys. And a we lot of do times, that. We do that. We do that quite well. It's like, hey, y'all, watch this. Hold my beer. Yeah, that's never done <laughs> in a woman's voice. <laughs> no one ever says, hey, y'all, hold my beer. It's like, hey, y'all, hold my beer. It's always that gruff dude. <laughs> but it, it, Well, it occurred to me when you said that just now, you know, it's so, it's almost ironic, actually, that men get married and we just, we don't talk about our feelings. We don't share with our women. Why not? They're great with feelings. They're great with emotions. They seem to have a lot more than men do on average. So it's kind of strange that we don't go to the one person in the world who's closest to us to talk about our feelings. Well, you know, I just, I just, isn't had, that strange? I just had to stop, Ben. What if, as this man, we started to imitate our wives more and being open and discussing our feelings? And what if women imitated us men more and being logical in finding solutions versus just talking about their feelings how much better the world would be if we actually learn from each other to copy our good traits and implement them on the opposite sex that's it that's that, that's that that's that's the purpose at 30 seconds we've just or 30 minutes we've just answered answered the the question you know that's that kind of that's the whole thing, right? Wrapped into one statement, like you just said. But that, it, that's that's that should be the goal, right? Yeah. It's. Anyways, I, I, you mind, just solved it. My mind just got blown. Mine did too. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I've never, I've never thought about that. You know, it's it like just, it all just kind of hit. That's good because I've always, I remember growing up and the times that I would get with my hang out with my dad and he was hanging out with his friends. One of the common denominators that I would notice. It wasn't them talking about their feelings, but it was them complaining about their wives. Complaining because they don't understand them. They don't support them. They don't this. They don't that. But then I'm like, I'm like, here's them. Well, are you telling her this? Are you talking to her about this? Right. It's their fault as men for having wives like that. Well, and then you and I, we've had conversations like that. It's like, hey, or have you told this to her? You know, have you have you discussed this with her? You know, what, what's you, you we'll, we'll talk about it. But then it's like, wait, I need to go talk to her about this. Yeah. There's next steps to our conversation. Yeah. where We're like, oh, that's oh, I've been an idiot. I need to go talk to her. Yeah. And then you come in and you're like, oh, wait, a good marriage is it's actually possible. It just takes work. <laughs> a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. of work. <laughs> 
But so, which that leads us, I guess, to the closing. Some solutions. Sol- solutions. All right. So we, we got some really quick solutions written down because if you're identifying with this stuff, I mean, the the first easiest thing you can do is is actually tell your wife what's going on in your head. You need to talk to her. Uh, if you got something going on, it is time to to tell her whether you're deep in debt, whether you've got an addiction, whether you've got some past hurts that you're thinking about every single day of your life and they're the thing that are making you a jerk. Now's the time to open up to your spouse. Like that's day one first steps. The second step. Oh, and that's going to hurt. That's going to be hard. It's It's going to be so hard and you're going to stutter and mumble and you're going to skirt around stuff and not say everything the first time probably and have to come back another time and talk about a little bit more. It's hard. And then she's going to need clarification of what you said. And then she's going to ask you a ton of questions. And then there's going to be yelling and possible screaming. But I promise you, for most of you, I don't know, at least for me, it's always worked out. (laughs) If you've never done it and you've been married for 25 years and you're like, oh, I've never actually told you this, but there's all of them you unload. Yeah. Maybe get a counselor involved. (laughs) Yeah. If you're going to if it's been like years and years and years and you haven't really opened up, you might want to get a third party to help mitigate that. Yeah. And that leads us to our next one, which is get a support group. Um. if you haven't opened up to your wife and you know there's a block and you start opening up and you see it's making her angry, you might want to get a counselor involved and go, you know, man, I think we need marriage counseling. There's stuff I haven't been talking to you about and I don't know how to express it. I think I, I would like to go see a counselor with you because I want to be closer to you and frame it. Well, think about what you're going to say. Don't just blurt everything out. But I, I want to be closer to you, but I just don't know how to speak very well. Yeah. And, and a counselor will help you walk through that. Now, if you have an addiction or an existing issue that's really bad, a, a gambling addiction, a porn addiction, a drug problem, you need to get a support group immediately. That is, that is no joke. You cannot fix it on your own. If you could, you would not be resonating with this episode. Uh, get a support group, uh, an AA, a church program, uh, whatever thing you have in your area, but you, you need to get help with that. Um, and, and then our third solution is you need to talk to your children to help them understand your issues. You know, if you're always a jerk about something they do, you need to tell them why you're being a jerk to them. And, and don't just say, oh, it's stress at work because they're like, well, quit your job yeah (laughs) find another yeah you know but well i don't like when you do that because when i was a kid you know i don't like when you tease your brothers and sisters because when i was a kid i would get teased a lot and it really upsets me it makes me think about how i got picked on growing up because i had this problem or issue you know and then your kids can start empathizing with you and going oh that's why dad always gets on to me for picking on my little brother or something and that's just that's just an example off the top of my head, but I hope y'all get what I'm saying. Talk to your kids, you know, and the more they get to know you, believe it or not, the more they're actually going to love you and realize just the love they have for you. Because every time you connect with your kids, they they love you that much more. They want you that much more. And you're building a relationship that'll last forever. That's, that's so important. That's so true. And, you know, 
I guess one of my my closing thought would be too would be find your father, oh, yeah. whether it mean that might be in in uh, your father is is not always your biological dad that gave birth to you. Your father is that person that you look up to. That you're like, I want to be like him. I can I can be vulnerable with this guy, and find somebody that you honor, appreciate, and, and then you want to emulate that you can actually be open with. That you can sit down with him and be like, hey, I, can I lay down my crap before you and can you help me fix it? I don't want you to give me the answers, but I just need I just need some wisdom. You're not going to find another man that's actually going to fix your problems for you. If you do find a man that says, I will fix all your problems for you, run away from that guy because you're about to get... Um, screwed over hustle yeah, yeah. <laughs> hustle that's called a hustler that's not called a dad yeah now when somebody says like oh yeah I'll, I'll take care of your problems yeah no that's that no that's that's con man yeah that's con man there's no <laughs> such thing a good man a good father will help you find the answer he won't give you the answer and that's very very important and as you know at 37 I'm realizing I need a father right now more than ever than ever than I've ever needed in my life. I need a man who's gone through life, who's experienced life, and be like, hey, this is where I messed up. Avoid this or don't do this. Do this. Do that. You know, you want you may want to pay attention to this. You know, and hopefully this podcast is helping you out with that. Kind of getting some answers with that and be like realize like, oh wait, that's actually a really good thing. I need to go do that. And don't procrastinate. Do it. Just do it now. You know, it's it's goes back to the time. Time is precious. You're only given so much, so much of it, and then once it's gone, it's gone. And sometimes, the longer you wait, that opportunity for reconciliation could be completely gone. So, with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to a Mexican redneck father of the world. We love you. And we're proud of you. <laughs>